0: This fall, we're preaching a sermon series called The Greatest of These from 1 Corinthians 13, and so that's where we start. If I speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clashing cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and have all knowledge, and if I have faith enough to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. Love is patient Love is kind, love is not envious or arrogant or boastful or rude. Three things abide, faith and hope and love, and the greatest of these. And then from the life of Jesus, Luke chapter 14. When Jesus noticed how the guests chose the places of honor, he told them a parable. When you're invited by someone to a wedding Feast. Do not sit down at the place of honor in case someone more distinguished than you has been invited by your host, and the host who has invited you both may come and say to you, give this person your place, and then in disgrace you would start to take the lowest place. But when you're invited, go and sit down at the lowest place. All who exalt themselves will be humbled, and all who humble themselves will be exalted. Pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So, one day Jesus attends a wedding, and on his way into the reception, he stops at the table where they cape all the little name tents, and everybody's checks there and to find their table assignments, and Jesus notice that some people are delighted that they're sitting at table one with the mob and the fob. And other people are disappointed because they're sitting at table 39 with the groom's third cousins. And Jesus notices the universal human craving for visibility and prestige. Everybody always wants to sit in the skybox with Taylor at the Chiefs game or take the first-class cabin on Cathay Pacific with its own shower and microwave, or sit in the first row at Symphony Center where they can practically touch Maestro Moody's boot, or sit up hard against the runway at the fashion show. And Jesus is not really dismissive or disdainful of this universal human craving. He just gently says, Take the low place, for all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and all who humble themselves will be exalted. In St. Paul's multifaceted description of the common concept of love in 1 Corinthians 13, Paul tells us that there are some things love is, but there are more things love is not. Love is patient, says St. Paul. Love is kind, says St. Paul. Love is not envious or arrogant or boastful or rude. Love is not. Paul doesn't quite say this, but almost. It is impossible to be arrogant and loving at the same time. A while back, not here, some other church, a while back I was at a board meeting where we were discussing some important but controversial matter over which people of good conscience might differ. And one of the participants at that meeting expressed his opinion in such a strident tone and with such implacable certitude that a hush fell over the room. I wanted to repeat what Oliver Cromwell wrote to the General Assembly of the Church of Scotland in 1650. I beseech you, in the bowels of Christ, think it possible you might be mistaken. (laughs) Yes, think it possible you might be mistaken. Your wife might ask you a perfectly reasonable question, and you might respond in a tone which suggests that she really ought to know the answer to that without asking. Who is Travis Kelsey, she might ask. Only the most famous football player in America, you might respond. Now, not in a million years would you ever condescend like that with anybody else in your life. But that relationship is so intimate, and you are so secure there that sometimes you forget your manners. Just remember this, boastfulness is often camouflage for a sprawling and disabling insecurity. A person who who tries so hard to convince us that he's God's gift, is really masking the thought that he might not really measure up to his comrades. And so we don't judge the boastful too harshly because they're always fighting a fierce struggle with themselves, right? Outside, she's a princess with a flowing gown and a tiara and glass slippers. And inside, it's all rags and cinders. Arrogance can turn, I am very blessed to have my six-figure salary, into, I'm not going to hang out with school teachers anymore. They always want to eat at Taco Bell. Arrogance can turn, I'm having a blast being a scratch golfer, into, I'm not playing another round with a 24 handicap. Can you tell I take this personally? <laughs> now, some of us have no choice with the matter of humility. We have children. One, one single mother began dating a captain in the United States Army and the first time she introduced him to her seven year old daughter she saw these beautiful bold vertical stripes on his collar then in the United States Army and you know he'd worked years for these bars right and she reaches up and touches it and she said is that your pause button children are so good at granting the virtue of humility the comedian Jack Benny was born in Waukegan Illinois and the city of Waukegan named one of its schools after Jack Benny and about 10 years after it opened Jack Benny went to make a a speech at Jack Benny Junior High School and when the speech was over a 12 year old boy came up and he said Mr. Benny why did they name you after our school Loving people are balanced people. Yes, they avoid the mistake on the one hand of self-abasement and the mistake on the other hand of self-aggrandizement. They are so secure in themselves that they don't have to put their accomplishments in neon on the marquee for everybody to see. They know they belong to God. They know they are greatly loved. And so, greatly loved, they can greatly love and greatly live. Glennon Doyle tells her children, be very proud because you are a child of God. Be very humble because so is everyone else. During the American Revolution, a Continental Army officer dressed in civilian clothes rode past a group of soldiers working on a fortification at the front, earth and timber and stone, and there was another soldier sitting on horseback. He was barking orders, but he wasn't really helping and so the officer dressed in civilian clothes asked him why he wasn't helping and he said sir I am a corporal and so the officer dressed in civilian clothes dismounted apologized and began helping the soldiers with their fortification and when the task was completed the officer said corporal the next time you have a task like this to accomplish and not enough soldiers to finish it you come and tell your commander-in-chief and I will come and help you again and just then of course the corporal recognized General George Washington but it was too late and that's why that guy will always be a corporal and why the name George Washington echoes down the corridors of time if you refuse to practice a vain glory your citizens will grant you the genuine kind Maybe I've told you this story before, can't remember. It's about the rabbinical students who admired their rabbi so much. He was wise and he was kind. He taught them Hebrew and theology. And because they admired him so much, they watched everything he did. And they would notice that he kept reaching into his pocket and taking out a scrap of paper. Do this all the time. He'd do this in mid-lecture or at breakfast or in mid-prayer. And after a while, one of the students asked him, Rabbi, what's printed on those Scraps of paper that's important enough to interrupt your prayers. And the rabbi said, I have passages of Holy Scripture written there. And the student says, Different passages all the time? And the rabbi says, No, they're the same ones every time. And the student says, What's written there, rabbi? And the rabbi says, In my right pa- pocket, I have a scrap of pa- paper that reads, I'm created in the image of God. And in my left pocket, I have a scrap of paper that reads, I am created from the dust of the earth. It keeps me balanced.